Happy Hallows Eve. Ooh, scary, scary. Happy Hallows Eve. Did you just make that up? I did. Doesn't seem like it, right? Seems professional. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Peyton. And I'm Deborah. And this this is is Queer Movie Night. That was the spooky version (laughs) of our usual opening because it's Halloween. Happy Hallows Eve. <laughs> Happy Hallows Eve. <laughs> uh, Peyton, it's your pick this week. Yeah, well, yeah, it's sort of my pick. It's like we're just doing a Halloween episode, so I want to do something spooky. But you picked it. But I did pick it, so what I'm sorry I took an extra pick. Um, oh my gosh, no. Pick away, Peyton. <laughs> pick away. Pick away, Peyton. 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 Did you ever do that song, that red cannon, where you're like, pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheep, 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 pick a little more. (laughs) That's what I'm going to think of. Uh, Chorus. Um, So my pick is uh, a pretty new movie. It's called Rift. It's from 2017, and it's an Icelandic horror movie. Uh, Yeah. Um, Why did uh, you choose it? So, yeah, I, I saw this very, very recently. My friend, I told my friend Michael that, who's like a huge uh, gay movie person um, that I wanted to do a scary or a horror movie for our Halloween episode. And I was talking about a couple that I was thinking of and he was like, um, well, these are some that I think are really good. Um, and he actually sent this to me. Um, he like burned it on a DVD um, and sent it to me and I watched it and I thought it was so scary. And I also like walked away from it, not knowing like what really happened or like what was going on, which I thought was really cool. And I just think, um, it's a very intimate movie. It only focuses on like the two main characters and we get like a very nuanced, um, sort of idea, an idea of their relationship. And I thought it was just a really well done movie. Um, it, it doesn't have any, you don't walk away from the movie thinking like, Oh, that was like a gay movie. You just think of walk yeah. away from it thinking that was a scary movie that like made me unsettled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. My thoughts yeah. were that <laughs> this movie scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> it truly scared me to my core. Yeah. And a lot of it isn't even really explained. It's yeah. like you kind of don't know what you're scared of. And you but that's what makes it yeah. that's what makes it fascinating. Yeah. And you, there's not a lot of violence or anything in it either. It's just like typical like day-to-day stuff that scares you, like not knowing like seeing somebody mysterious and not knowing like what they're up to or like if they intend harm to you or something like that. So I I think that really stuck with me. Um, Just scared me, Peyton. I'm so I was sorry. Wa- I was I'm watching sorry. it. Did you watch it alone? No, Kayla was around, but she hates horror movies. Scary movies. So I was yeah. like, you don't don't watch this with me. And then she was. She eventually sat down, and I was mm-hmm. like, you're making a mistake because this is scary so far. And there was one specific part. Where I like, 
freaked out. And I looked at Kayla and I was like, what did Pete make me watch this? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's a good movie. The yeah. thing is, is I'm the way that I approach. Cause I thought horror, you like scary movies. That's the thing I do, but yeah. a specific type. Yeah. I like thrillers and I like ghost movies. I love paranormal themed. Mm-hmm. This one kind of seems like it might be paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of unclear, but, um, I hate like gory stuff. Yeah. This isn't um, gory either. I know. I'm just telling you what I like in New York. <laughs> I'm not, I the, the, with horror it's uh, yeah the the you know when you do when you do something and you know that you're gonna hate it but yeah. you can't help it yeah it's that's it's, what it's like that's for you. my relationship with it nice. I know that any scary movie I will see because it takes very little to scare me mm-hmm. um, will scare me but I can't stop myself from watching it yeah pain, what is it pain pain and pleasure and the pain pain and the pleasure something like that yeah. producer Nick. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> you said I don't know, folks. So, Justin, uh, we might jump around a little bit because the plot in this movie is sort of um, a little blurry. Um, and you can't really tell sometimes if it's in order or not. Um, but the main gist of the movie is it's about uh, this couple, Gunnar and Ianar, who have recently broken up. And Ianar uh, visits his... Um, family vacation home uh which he calls roker which is also the original icelandic um title of the film um which i'm assuming it means rift but i don't i don't know um and he calls gunner and gunner is concerned that he might be a danger to himself so he goes to visit him and then some spooky stuff happens and you're not really sure if they're being followed or if somebody's like follow so trying to hurt them, um, and so it's following that kind of journey. Um, so the movie opens up with a shot of Gunner, and he's got blood on his neck and like a little bit on his face, with no explanation. And we get a voiceover that tells us about them breaking up. Um, we see a scene of Gunner and Ianar at a party, um, and Gunner's trying to. Ianar's very upset um, and depressed over their breakup, and Gunnar's like, it gets better with time. And then sort of Ianar counters with, um, he, with that he read somewhere that when everything is gone, the only thing that remains is like an open wound, like only the pain remains. So you sort of see that he's not in a very stable uh, state of mind at this time. And he takes a glass bottle and... Um, basically sort of infers that he could be suicidal. And he's like, if I jumped from here, would you save me? And we see this uh, glass bottle fall and then break. Um, And then it cuts into like what we think is maybe happening now. And it was a dream. Yeah. Would you think it was a dream or a memory? Do you think that's a dream? Yeah, I guess. Oh, shit. It is a dream. It's so hard to tell in this movie, like what's a dream or what he's remembering. It's really hard to say what anything is in this movie. Yeah. Everything could be so... Like, or if it's in his head, or it's really crazy. I feel like there's, like, a hundred different theories of what this movie means and what the things in it represent. I know. I want more people to, like, write stuff about it so I can read it. I googled it, it and it's really hard to find, like, a good review. I googled Rift Mm -hmm. Explained. Yeah. (laughs) I googled it, too. Because I watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because you want to know, because Mm -hmm. you... It's it's not you, like you just I'm sat so through... I'm so invested in the characters. Exactly. You yeah, didn't just sit through a two-hour movie, yeah. and everything was confusing, and you were like, what the fuck did I just watch? You get very invested into the characters. You get mm-hmm. invested into the story, but nothing is truly 
explained. Yeah. So it's very unsatisfying in that way. Yeah. I wish there were more reviews. Because somebody was just Me like, too. this was a good movie. And I was like, yeah. this was, no, I so need to So hopefully we're bringing awareness to this movie and more people yeah. watch it. <laughs> On a, I will say the cinematography for this it's movie beautiful. is insane. I love the lighting of it, especially when... Um, Gunner's first coming up to the house and the house looks red. Oh my god. It's like really it's only it's like a brown wood, but like in the sunlight and with the lighting it looks red. There's like a lot of bright colors and yeah. it, it's not quite to the it's not quite to the degree of like a movie like Suspiria, but it it sort of harkens to that kind of extreme lighting sort of situation. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a really beautifully beautiful filmed movie. Movie. Um uh, so we cut to this sequence where uh, could be a dream. Gunnar is in bed with another guy that he's moved on with, um, and Ianar calls him. And over the phone, he sounds upset, um, and he's like, "Do you ever get the feeling when you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like something is in there with you?" So he sort of infers that there could be somebody else there with him, um, but it also sounds like he might be unstable and could har- potentially harm himself. So Gunner uh, is leaving, and his boyfriend's like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "I'm just going out." Like, I thought his boyfriend was <laughs> the blonde boy from those other from oh uh, from Patrick Patrick Age. yeah, and also the the lesbian movie kiss me that we haven't done yet because yeah, yeah. he's in both of those so i'm yeah. just like is that guy in this one too but then <laughs> that would have been funny but it's not him yeah yeah wait yeah no it's, it's... no i know it's not okay I'm having a moment okay okay are you still having the moment or can we move on you can move on peyton i can't see you behind your microphone <laughs> i want to know the... my face out of <laughs> peyton go ahead can you see me i don't like the i don't like it not being Ooh. able to see you <gasps> that was scary also, we see Christmas decorations, which I, until the second time I watched this movie, I, like, forgot. I watched it, like, within a week of seeing it the first time, and I, I had already forgotten by the second time I watched it that it happens at Christmas time. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie, technically. It's a, it's a Christmas movie, technically. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you think that, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but we're going to call it horror. We're, we're going to call it Halloween. Well, it feels Halloween. It feels spooky. Yeah, it feels spooky to me. It's spooky, spooky, scary. Um, the, all the footage of him driving at night is scary to me because I hate driving at night. Oh, and I Especially hate Especially on, like, it. empty yeah. roads. Um, and that's the first time we see, like, a sort of menacing figure. He drives by uh, this man dressed all in blue and then pulls over and sees this car just sort of on the side of the road um, before he drives to Roker, uh ENR's vacation home. Um, a lot of empty landscape. It's really lonely and desolate looking, sort of reflecting the loneliness of the separation. Um, <laughs> he uh, he goes up to the house and ENR's not there. And <laughs> ENR's like created like a little dick out of Cheerios on the table. A little milk comes out of it. A little milk comes out of it. What do you think? Would you say that's jizz? I would say that that was the intent that that was the artist's intention. Because if there's anything we need to figure out about this movie, we need to figure out what his intention was with creating that Cheerio dick. I do think. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was horny. I think he was horny too. If I had to guess, I would think that. I think that after a breakup, people get horny. This is why we need more reviews. Yeah. Of other people, we need. To I guess someone... we're reviewing it. Yeah. Oh, never thought of it that way. <laughs> we are highly acclaimed movie critics. Yeah. Mm. Heard it. 
You heard it here first, first. folks. We're self-proclaimed movie critics. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, We actually do find out that ENR is some sort of artist of some kind, I think, because he he does... um, uh, Gunner finds a video on his uh, laptop, um, and he has this moment where he's like portrait of an artist and it's him just like playing with like the camera different angles and stuff like that uh there's a shot of him like making his shadow look really tall is interesting um and that's sort of how gunner realizes that maybe he's not inside the house he's like outside somewhere and he does like find him out amongst the rocks um and then he asks he asks like I've been trying to call you, like, why haven't you been answering? And, like, ENR's like, oh, I threw my phone out somewhere. I don't have it. Oh, there goes your mic. My microphone. <laughs> um, and so he sort of confronts him, and he's like, what's going on here? Like, why are you here? And he's like, there's something that happened here that I don't remember, that I forgot, that I'm trying to remember. It's very vague. Um <laughs> Oh, oh, I get it now. What? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but then he tells Gunner that like he shouldn't have come, and he was like super drunk, and like why didn't he come? Um, they're both so interesting looking. Yeah, I like that they're Gunner not in particular. Is yeah, Gunner's such a, like such very strong features. Yeah, yeah, he's got like a very prominent like mouth and like jawline, jawline. Yeah. yeah, it's very yeah. I like that they're not like aesthetic like they are like attractive i think they're both attractive yeah but they're not like what you would typically ryan expect. gosling yeah ryan reynolds yeah ryan they have very distinctive like features <laughs> that like... make them like unique people ryan reynolds ryan i don't know gosling ryan is there a third famous ryan ryan is there Philippi. Philippi, there you go. Okay. That's who, he's, I, that's who I was thinking of, but I couldn't think of he's, he's from Delaware. Delaware? Yeah. No, Delaware. That's where I'm from. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Such a light. Do a high five, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I never heard that one before. He called us fuckers. That's right. I'm from Ohio. Ohio? Yeah, no, there's not really <laughs> something you can do. Ohio. Oh, that's good. Nick? He's from Alabama? Yeah. Alabama. Ma. Alabama. Ma, make me a sandwich. <laughs> Alabama. Ma, you looking fine. <laughs> I'm ending this part. <laughs> um... And and then Gunner decides to stay because I guess he's worried about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like like he doesn't trust him. I think that's that's something that's uh, like a recurring theme. A recurring theme is that he is suicidal. Yeah, or that at least Gunner thinks that he is. Yeah, yeah, and he still very much so cares about him. Yeah, even though they're broken up. Even though they're broken up, there's yeah. definitely baggage there, and there's definitely still an attraction. Because yeah. at one point he looks at his butt. Yeah, so the ENR goes into the other room and Gunner like sees him taking his clothes off and then as he turns around oh Gunner's like butt. hiding behind the fridge. Oh, a butt. <laughs> yeah, there's butt in this movie. I, butts, butt alert, butt alert. <laughs> butt alert. That's a queer movie night. Butt alert. <laughs> <laughs> if this was a radio show there would be like a sound like yeah. 
<laughs> we do comment if there's butts. We do. We like. Oh, butts. his butt, Gunner's butts in the beginning scene too, when he first gets the call. Oh, that's true. They when he each gets get a butt. Even, everybody gets a button. You everybody get a button. And you, you, you get, get a button. Butt. And you get a button. Woo! I love butts. <laughs> that's me from the audience getting the butt. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, me and the audience getting a butt. <laughs> <laughs> what happens next? Um, we have a moment where Gunner's like making food, um, and then and then I'm just bringing this up because um, Enr asks him if he's seeing anyone, and Gunner lies about being alone, um, and then. And then he asks Enar about, like, you said that someone was with you. And then Enar's like, oh, were you jealous? Like, are you asking because did you come over here because I thought you thought I was with someone else? Um, but then he's like, he basically, I don't know if they keep talking about it at that point, but they move on. And then they, they're sleeping in different beds. There's a lot of water imagery in this movie with the, like, close up on the Spaghetti. sink. Yeah. I like that the spigot makes a sound not like the classic horror movie sound where it's like, you know, that like really harsh drip. 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 Yeah, it it's like, like a, a much more subtle drip. Yeah, it's like a an elongated. Yeah, I love elongated drips. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they they both go to bed, um, and then like <laughs> Gunner's like window is open, and he's like he starts like touching himself while he's in bed and then they get like a knock on the door in this like seemingly like in this place where there's like no neighbors like it seems like there's not anybody around for like a few miles Mm -hmm. yeah also they did mention in the beginning too that the door never closes yeah they have a hard time closing the door door, yeah they can't close the door so when i heard the knocking i was like oh no somebody's gonna come in also because like it takes no pressure Mm -hmm. for the door to open yeah, I yeah. I was always, I always thought that something was going to happen with that too. That someone was going to burst through the door. Also, the porch door is never closed, and I'm like, why don't they close the fucking porch door? It's not. It bothered me. Yeah, there's like another door in front of that door that's always. Oh, open. I see what you're saying. Yeah, what the hell? Especially I, when they get so scared yeah, after the first night. Yeah. Well, they go back. They both go downstairs to like. Yeah. So they hear the knock. They both go downstairs. There's another knock, and then they hear people talking outside. Terrifying. Yeah, it's really scary because it's like mumbly and you can't hear what they're saying. Um, and, and they said, "Is Tamra home?" <laughs> That's from The Strangers. Oh. <laughs> it just is that what it. the bad people say? Have you never seen The Strangers? No, I need to. That I've is heard really wild. Good things about it. That movie is when it came scary. out. When it came out, I was I did not watch horror movies at all. Like I was, uh, yeah. It's fucking scary. Yeah. Sorry. Someone, Nick oh. doesn't think it's very scary. Wait, didn't we just have a Facebook spat about this? Yes, oh, because Miles Potter thinks that movie is terrifying, and I, it, that movie is very scary. <laughs> it's scary if you're scared of people doing real, real life bad things. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, it's like a heightened world. It's probably over the top and ridiculous, but also it's not. People get murdered in really fucking crazy ways, yeah. and. Shit goes down like that in real life. Everyone's affected differently by different movies, and that's what's beautiful about it, folks. So they hear the voices outside, um, and then Gunnar opens the door, but no one's there. Um, The next day, uh, this farmer, local farmer, Gita, checks in, and she's like, hey, I'm checking in. She kind of, it seems like she doesn't trust Gunnar. She thinks that he's like like broken and is like staying there. Um, And she asks, uh, about like 
if someone had come by, like if there's been burglaries. Um, and the interesting thing is that like she doesn't talk to Ianar at all, and she doesn't see him. Yeah, which comes back up sort of uh-huh. later on. Um, but I, I don't want to talk about it yet. But um, so that sort of comes up. Um, there's a chess game that's unfinished, and there's an interesting exchange of dialogue there where um, where Gunner's like, "You didn't finish this chess game," and then and then Ianar's like, "Well, it might as well be finished. Like, I'm gonna lose." And I think that's like an interesting, probably like a commentary on what their relationship was. Um, and Gunner tries to figure out if his parents know he's there. It's sort of coming back up of like, are you going to kill yourself or not? Um, and that's when they have an argument and basically A&R tells Gunner to leave. Um, so Gunner does attempt to leave. He stops by the gas station and the, the girl, the attendant is like telling him to watch out for hitchhikers, Mm -hmm. which, um, I don't know. There's sort of a weird thing about hitchhikers in this movie. So many unanswered questions. So many unanswered questions. Um, And I guess that sort of makes Gunner suspicious and, like, stick around. Like, I guess her comment about hitchhikers, maybe he's, like, wondering who's, like, around that could potentially hurt ENR. So he's, like, walking around town, and he sees that red car that was pulled over when he came. Um, And then he sees someone in a red coat, which I think ENR has a red coat, so he goes... And and then he finds this actual rift in the ground, um, and he finds Enr's phone right next to the rift. So then um, Enr just appears next to him, um, and they start. He starts talking about how like people used to get lost in the rift, and like they lost all these sheep, and like they got stuck down there with this fox, and about how like the sheep had to start eating each other because they were like stuck down there. Um, and then he runs away. Then Gunner's like following him, chasing him to this abandoned apartment building. <laughs> Nick's laughing at something, and then, um, and then he follows him inside, and then they see the red cars out front. So like Ianar's like hiding from him and like playing with him. He scares Gunnar, and then they share a kiss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the- <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've said in the last yeah. four minutes. <laughs> I think yeah. Deborah's just sitting here like. That's exactly the face I'm making. She's like trying to like figure out what's going on. I'm also heavily breathing through my mouth <laughs> because of my allergies. Broken record, I guess I am. <laughs> um, so I'm they're Gator. they're kissing, but then they hear a noise, which makes them pull away from each other, and someone is walking into the building. So they hide. And then the person walks out, and then Gunner finds, like, this hidden room that he was in. There's, like, a hole in the wall, and then another room. What was that guy? What was the person doing? Because at first, didn't they think someone was having sex? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, they hear noises. And they're like, oh, my God. I wonder if... I'm, like, moaning. And then it sounded like someone was killing or, like, beating someone else up. I don't know if there were two people. I'm assuming that they were hooking up. Oh. But then it got, like, violent-sounding. Yeah, maybe it was, like, rough. Oh, my God. I'm making, like, a cringy face. Um, There's, like, a lot of... (laughs) There's, like, a lot of, um, like, sexual metaphor in this movie, I think. Um, And, like, a lot of sexual themes, especially linked to trauma in this movie. Mm. Um, Which I think is sort of, like, a, a... 
horror movie staple too. A lot of people are like sexually traumatized and and have like histories that are not um, very uh, positive. Um, yeah, I said wrote that it's Christmas, so they're. Um, Gunner is smoking weed in this scene and he mentions, he's like, I'm glad that you're here with me because if I was alone, I would be hallucinating, which kind of brings up the question of like, is Gunner hallucinating? Yes. Like, because he, so far, he's the only one that's seen ENR. That, oh, yeah. And like, you're wondering, like, is he really is he there? Real? Like, what's happening? Which is still something I'm not sure if I know or not. I've seen this with a couple friends and I'm like, I, I don't know. We keep like, discussing back and forth. Um, and then ENR talks about his, he calls him his invisible friend, basically an imaginary friend, Lee Moy, who was like this sort of not positive character. He, he says he wasn't a very good friend. And that one day he like led him out to a field and then left him there. And ENR got lost and he could have frozen to death if, the, if his parents hadn't found him. So sort of harking back to that, the rift imagery of like getting lost and not being able to be found. And then, um, uh, Gunner asks like, what happened to your imaginary friend? He's like, I think he died. He, um, and then they hear a noise outside. Um, and then Gunner has a dream where he sees a blue house and his hand is bloody. Again, we don't know if it's a dream or a memory or pre pre con something. Um, Gunner gets a glass of water and the door opens. Oh. <laughs> Scary. Door opens. And you're like, okay, good. Goes back to... Uh, oh, scares the shit yes, out this of me. is such a jump scare. You so the door opens, he goes back to the sink, and ENR walks slowly by the window. Naked. Yeah, like in his underwear. Oh, yeah, my yeah. lord. Yeah, and it turns out he was sleepwalking. Yeah. Which, but it was so scary the, to see someone outside. Also, the score for this movie is so beautiful. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's not even, like, necessarily scary mu- music. It's kind of, like, lonely and sad. But yeah. It, like, but the lead-up of the music up until that that moment when ENR walks in front of the window. Yeah, is scary. Yeah. yeah. It made me jump real yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out that, yeah, I love his My Little Pony mug that he has. Um, ENR uh, apparently has been sleepwalking recently, um, and he has had trouble with sleepwalking when he was younger. He said he he did, uh, he was sleepwalking when he came out as a kid, and he felt upset. Oh, <laughs> he felt upset that was my heavy sigh that was so sad sounding um this movie is sad it makes me sad because i care about the characters so much like i want them to be happy um gunner plugs in enr's phone and he finds basically the icelandic version of grinder on his phone um and gunner and he finds this conversation that enr was having with a guy that's close by and so he confronts him about it. He was like, were you so desperate that you had to find the closest guy? And he asks if he met him, and then ENR says, no, he didn't. Um, and then he's like, how does he know where you are? And he's like, okay, well, I did meet him. And he's like, and he's like, but I just went to see what he was, and he wasn't what I expected, so I, I ran away and I didn't see him. Um, so then Gunner's sort of like, it seems like Gunner's trying to investigate like what could possibly be stalking them, like what's going on. He's like, Nancy Drewing it. Um, <laughs> we cut two ponies on Gita's farm and then Gunner, he's like asking like if there's been any strange people or burglaries 
And then Gita's like, besides you. And then as he's walking away, she's like, well, there's this old creepy guy that lives on an old farm. And like, apparently guys used to go over to his farm and then they would disappear and they'd never be heard of him again. But, you know, could be anything. <laughs> like, like, it's her. probably nothing. I think I like her. Yeah, I like her too. She like she seems very protective of her. Apparently, Ian R's family has asked her to like watch over the the vacation home and make sure no one messes up. So she's like a friendly neighborhood watch type of character. Friendly neighborhood watch. F N W F N W. That was good. <laughs> So Gunner starts investigating this old man's farm. He visits the house, and it's actually the house from a dream he had previously in the movie. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Um, he knocks on the door, and no one answers, but he walks around and then sees like a dirty room with videotapes and like a poster of a shirtless guy in it. Um, and then as he's walking away, there's this really creepy shot oh, of the old man looking at him walk away. It. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, he's like really oh, grunting. Oh, oh. He's like... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so gross. He's definitely wanking his weenie. He's wanking his weenie. He's wanking his weenie. He's definitely. Oh, he's definitely wanking that weenie. <laughs> um, we see Gunner and Ian, Gunner finds Ian on uh, this beautiful beach that's like all like black stones, um, and Ian says he found a picture of them together on his phone, um, and he said I was trying to erase our relationship, but that still popped up. And then he um, he remembers what he forgot. So then we cut to this scene of them back in the cabin. And he's like, basically, Yanar's like, tell me what you remember about the last day you were here. And Gunnar seems like really hesitant to say anything. Um, so he's remembering that they found this abandoned house. And then they're like sort of playing around and like making out inside the house. And then Yanar's like, tell me about your first time. And Gunnar's like, he doesn't want to say anything. And he's like tell tell me about yours and Ianar's like i was too young and there's this sort of like um hint that that sort of their their first experiences weren't quite positive um and then gunner walks off and he sees this small boy and i'm thinking is that supposed to be lemoy the like imaginary friend mm-hmm. um but he's wearing uh, this hat earlier that Ianar was wearing and a red coat and a red coat just like Ianar, yeah um so he calls off to the boy, and then the boy runs off. And then as Gunner's telling Ianar this, Ianar's like, I don't remember that it that way. I don't remember seeing a boy. I just remember you were dazed off looking into the distance. So it's like another moment reminding us of, like, maybe Gunner isn't a very uh, reliable narrator for this film, and what we're seeing isn't exactly what's happening. Um, and, and this breaks into, like, Gunner being upset, and um and Ianar's like, you haven't changed at all. You won't talk to me. You won't tell me things. So we get this idea that like there was more to the relationship that we know of. Of like Gunner's like hesitant to open up to people. He doesn't want to tell people things. Um, and we get this really um, harrowing moment where um, Gunner reveals that he is seeing someone else, and this really upsets Ianar. And it almost comes to and and he actually reveals that he was meeting this person while they were still dating. And and 
there's a moment where they he sort of criticizes ENR for using these apps, and he's like, "What you expect to have this heteronormative life when like that's not how life is?" And you're, but you're like always on these apps and things like that. And we get this moment where ENR looks like he's going to pick up this hot boiling oh, water and throw it on yeah. Gunner. Yeah. Um. But then he puts it down and says he's sorry. Um, and I almost wonder, um, why when I was talking to my friend about this movie, we were wondering if like, this is Gunner dealing with his guilt internally. And like, if ENR's not really there, it was like, is it like him trying to think that like, this is what ENR should do. He should punish me. Like he should like throw boiling water on me, but like ENR wouldn't really do that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, you can't tell. But that that's a really high high tension moment. Then Gunner gets a phone call. I'm assuming from his boyfriend and um, ignores it. He's w- watching a video on ENR's computer of ENR playing guitar. It's this like really haunting, quiet song. Um, and then from the other room, um, he ENR calls to him. He's like, "Gunny, I'm sorry." Um, and so they, they join each other in bed and then this is probably the most significant moment in the movie. So they're together in bed and, um, Gunner starts opening up about his first time. Um, and it, it was a quite traumatic experience, um, where he met a guy online and he sort of went to meet him. And then, um, he said he was like a young, handsome looking guy, but then when he went out to meet the man, the man looked different. He was like older and uh, bigger. Um, and he's, he basically, when he got there, there were other men around and they um, uh, made him drink and then they took his clothes off and sort of took advantage of him and recorded it. Um, and so it's like a really upsetting moment um, that really, it's it's really significant to me because it, it really makes this movie more than just a horror movie. It, it gives it like a real depth to like the psyche of these characters and sort of where they're coming from. Um, and the, the part about this that stuck with me the most is um, ENR turns cause the whole time he's like laying down facing away from him um, while he's telling him about this stuff. But then he turns back to him when he's finished and he's like, they raped you. And Gunner's like, yes. But then he says like, at the same time I was excited. I liked it, but I also hated it. And I thought it was awful. And that's um, having, having myself had some experiences that were kind of like on the border of like non-consental type thing it really is like a gray area of like, I, I don't like this, but also like I'm excited and like, I can't tell why I like, like you sort of blame yourself and you're guilty about it. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't think, I don't think assault is like black and white. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a gray area. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example of that in the movie. Yeah. Is that he was 100% taken advantage of. Yeah. But he he takes a lot of blame on himself, and even more significantly, he says, "I still see them like all the time, like around, and we see each other." And I think they remember it differently than I do, which is such an such a true statement about like how trauma works and what it's what it's like to be a victim of that type of experience. Um, and that's when sort of the moment the movie breaks open and moves really fast. Um, 
so they, after this, after he does finally opens up to ENR, they make love and then, um, sort of under the Northern lights. Um, and then they fall asleep. Oh no, before that ENR says, I know what it sounded like when I called on the phone, but I would have never done that. I would have never killed myself. Um, and then, so they fall asleep. Gunner wakes up and ENR's gone. Oh shit. Here's where shit pops off. This now. this part was so scary to me. This was like the scariest part. So he, so Gunner drives out to go find him. Sees the man in blue outside again. Oh, and his rearview lights. Yeah, and his rearview lights. Then he walks out to go find him. He's gone, but he finds a camera outside. That's ENR's camera. So he goes back to the house. He plugs the camera in. Oh, this is the worst. It's so scary. So we get like this night shot of from the camera of ENR turning the camera on. ENR is panning the camera around the house. He walks outside. Um, he walks out for a while and then finally comes to the abandoned apartment building that we saw before. He sets the camera down on the floor and then we see his feet for a bit and then his feet are joined by two other feet. Guessing the man in blue. Guessing, yeah, we're assuming the man in blue and then um, the man in blue grabs the camera and the shot ends. So that, we get that um, and then Gunner's like still trying to figure out what's happening. He restarts the video then he goes back while um ENR is panning with the camera, we see uh, Gunner in bed, and then underneath of the bed you see a, a hand. Fucking hand. Yeah. When I <laughs> did not see it the first time. And yeah. my fucking god. That was when I that was the moment I turned to Kayla and said, Why did they make me watch this? When I saw the hand, I literally that, I, I like, literally Ooh. screamed outside. I, I screamed out loud. And I don't usually like scream. Um That I, hand my was friend horrifying. And I, the first time I watched this movie, my friend and I, after the movie ended, we went back to rewatch the first time he shows it and the hand isn't there. Oh, so that's why you don't see it. Yeah. So I think that, I think it was done on purpose that the hand wasn't there. I think that Gunner manifests seeing the hand under the bed. Oh, Like he, okay. he's like trying to look for an answer and like his brain c- creates that narrative. Yeah. Do you notice he goes after everything in this movie? Is yeah. that, a, is that, yeah, it has he to be like, a thematic he choice. He goes towards things instead things of running away from Things that people would just them. run away from, yeah. he always goes right to it. Somebody's yeah. thinking in the door, he goes to answer That's it. something else my friend was talking about. We think that Gunner, or we, I was sort of thinking like, maybe Gunner is projecting this suicidal narrative onto ENR because he's the one that has the suicidal tendencies of Whoa. like running towards danger, going to, to somewhere that's unsafe. Yeah. Um, especially if ENR isn't really there. Yeah. Um, <gasps> so then. <laughs> so then he goes he goes to the bedroom and like to look under the bed and then we see someone approaching from behind him and we're like oh my god oh. he's in the house he's in the house but it turns out to be Gita who's checking in because she heard a scream or something um so he starts driving with her he's like ENR's missing and that's when Gita brings up that she doesn't think that ENR's there she's like I've been checking in a couple nights like before you were here and no one's been there and um, and so then Gunner's like, basically, he thinks that she's calling him crazy. So she's like, I need to get out of the car. So she just like leaves him on the side of the road somewhere. Then Gunner walks to the ab- abandoned apartment building. It's like starting to be light outside now. Then someone follows him from outside. He closes himself into the closet. And then the old man in blue approaches and like tries to open the door. But Gunner's like holding it closed. 
And then, and he's like, leave me alone, leave me alone. And then finally the old man lets go of the door and he was like, I was just looking for him. I thought maybe he would come back here. So then we get sort of maybe the idea that ENR wasn't as honest about seeing the guy as he was like, well, we already know that from the video. Yeah. So maybe the guy isn't as malevolent as we think. Um, he leaves and then we hear a little boy oh, voice. This fucked me the fuck up. <laughs> we hear a little boy voice oh, say, I'm stuck. I'm Help stuck. me. And, and, and Gunner's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm here. He said, What's your name? And he goes, Lee boy. And, like, and fuck I, you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, that scared the fuck out of me yeah, too. That's scary too. So then Gunner leaves and he's trying to find Lemoy. He walks into that secret room and then you can see something breathing under like these trash uh. bags and blankets. And then there's like a jump scare where he, the thing, whatever shape it is, jumps towards him and then he passes out. Gunner wakes up and like is having a dream or like some sort of fantasy sequence where he sees ENR making the phone call from the beginning of the movie. Then Gunner walks outside. He goes back to the rift. And then he goes in and he finds ENR's body at the bottom. Um, and th- this is the moment where I'm thinking, has ENR been dead the whole time? Exactly. Yeah, did he make ENR up? And I think maybe that is the most compelling to me because he found the phone by the rift. And uh, yeah, and I'm wondering. I don't know. Because earlier when he's looking at the rift, he's looking down inside of it. He must have seen ENR's body. So, like, is he manifesting ENR's, ENR in his mind out of guilt because he thinks that breaking up with him killed him? I don't know. It's just so unclear. Um, I, the first time I watched it, I thought maybe that ENR was alive the whole time and, like, the woman couldn't find him at the cabin because he was out meeting that old man, but... I have no idea. How long has he been dead, too? I can't tell because because it's so cold. He's completely that, frozen. Like, that his body's probably frozen and it would have held in place. So we don't we can't really tell from decomposing but how long he's been there. There's a blood. Yeah, there's he a, definitely. I don't think he died from falling, or at least you think he was killed on purpose. But also, like Gunner could be making that up too. Like I don't know. Like, he could have just jumped, and then Gunner created the narrative that he was actually killed by this old man in blue. Yeah. And, like, we don't know that the old man in blue exists either, because we're all seeing it from Gunner's perspective. It's so murky. I have no idea. I'm sorry that if this is confusing to the listener, like, we don't watch know the either. movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he finds a stone with blood on it. He turns around, the old man's there with a box cutter, and he starts slashing at Gunner. Then he walks away... And then he comes back and knocks Gunner in the head with a rock. Then Gunner wakes up. He walks back to the house, bandages his hand, grabs a phone and calls the police to report that someone's died and then drives away like he's leaving. He sees a hitchhiker. He pulls over. The hitchhiker walks up and knocks on the door. And that's the end of the movie. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does that ending mean? I think... My brain... Was it was a pea pod for this movie? I I I did the only thing that I was like, I the the one thing that stood out to me was that Enar might not be real. Yeah, that it was a that it was a figment, or that he was dead the whole time. And I was wondering if he if he was even dead, like if the phone call never happened, like if Gunner just made that phone call up 
as an excuse to go. Oh. I don't, I, but, but I don't know. I think the phone call did happen. What if Enar did kill himself at an earlier time? Yeah. I hope that Enar didn't kill himself. I hope it was an accident, but... <laughs> yeah. I just am optimistic. And I, at the end of this movie, I wanted them to, like, get back together. Because, like, I felt like I was so connected well, to them. Well, they obviously them. loved each other. Yeah, yeah. You know what I loved about this movie? The, the fact that they were gay was, like, not... It was not a deal um, at all. No, it wasn't a major plot yeah. point. It could at have all. been about a straight couple. Exactly. Yeah. You could have put a straight couple in the role and it would have been yeah, exactly. the same. Yeah. And I love how just like how well rounded the characters are. Like it's just so it's so good. And it's like and the the movie packs like an emotional punch. It's not just a scary movie. It's like really in depth and thoughtful. Yeah. What do you think the... I know I keep asking, but ending. what do you think the very ending of him pulling over? I feel like it's... I feel like me thinking about it now, maybe it's again like that suicidal tendency, like maybe he just wants to get killed by the hitchhiker. I don't know. Huh. I don't... I have no idea. It left me scratching my yeah. head. If anybody else watches the movie and you have some theories, please, please send them to queermovienight at gmail.com. Actually, yeah, very interesting. I, w- I want to know what people's thoughts because are. Because there are not a lot of media. There's not a lot of media out there about it. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll tell you what, though. Scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. In a stunning, stunning movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful it's to watch. so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's really, really good. Well acted. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great... It was a really good movie. Yeah. I was surprised at how good it was. That yeah. hand scene was one of the most terrifying things I'd ever seen. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the that's the thing. It's like very little happens in this movie, but the way that it's built up and then it plays out is so like, they leave you like reaching out for it for so long that when it happens, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oi. Let's uh, rate this movie. Let's rate this movie. Yeah. Uh, the v- uh, the Vitarosa test. Um do you want to read the say the stuff? Oh yeah, my phone is on the charger. <laughs> Here, let me. This I always I can bring it up on my phone. I always read it. I don't know it. I don't have it memorized. I should. I just feel like I do so much talking. I want to give you stuff. Oh, to I'll do. read it off of your phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a hollow shell of a person today. <laughs> I feel like well, at least I feel that way. You're doing your best. You're doing oh, your best. Thanks, Nick. Did he hear? Did everybody hear that nice thing producer Nick just said to me? <laughs> He'll cut it out. Yeah. All right. Two past Vito Russo test. The film. Um, blah blah blah. Okay. It contains a character that is identifiably LGBTQ. Yep. The character must not be solely or predominantly defined by their sexual orientation or gender identity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the character must be tied into the plot in such a way that their removal would have a significant effect. Yeah, boom boom I mean, boom. Basically, the, these two were the only. Two people in the movie, almost. It was yeah. like, yeah, it was such a like. Just, uh, I love like how contained the movie was. Like, uh, so good. Um, and as far as the Kinsey scale goes, um, we rate on the Kinsey scale here based on gay rep- representation. So the Kinsey scale is zero percent homosexual. <laughs> uh, or sorry, zero. A zero is a ho- completely heterosexual. <laughs> a six is completely homosexual. I would give this movie a six. I I think it's really good. I think that the portrayal of queer characters is so nuanced. Like we said, like 
it's not, there's nothing inherently like this is about gay men. No. It's about two people in a relationship that breaks apart. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the, in the vein of a horror movie. I think yeah. that's so interesting and very, Oh, I just think it's, it's so rare to see a horror it's movie. It's really rare that. to see, but also yeah. the more, the more movies that are made this way, mm-hmm. the more it normalizes that, yeah. that, uh, that, a movie starring gay characters doesn't have to just be about the fact that they're gay yeah. or like how they're discovering their sexuality for the first time or how they're having an affair with somebody. It's always that kind yeah, this of story. Is about two characters who already know who they are. They've already dealt with all that stuff. Like it seems yeah. like gay people, the only thing they deal with in their everyday life is mm. the fact that they're gay. Yeah. You know? Or There's coming out. Or, or coming out. Or There's a the life closet. to be lived. Yeah. We live the same life. We live the same scary things that everybody else yeah, lives. Exactly. So put them into scenarios where you could have any gender and it just normalizes it and makes it refreshing and new. Yeah. And I loved that about this movie. Yeah. yeah. So I give it a six. I'll give it a six too. <laughs> Um, you can find us anytime at queer movie night on twitter instagram and facebook Uh, you can find me at peyton cody lynch on twitter and instagram uh deborah duncan on twitter and deborah d bag on instagram yeah and be sure to uh catch uh dreamboat uh at io on fridays yeah dreamboat boys will make you happy we are dreamboat boys we'll always care (laughs) i tried to no we got dreamboat dreamboats will never leave you and all you have to do is dream that we'll be there um, <laughs> dream, dream girls will help you through the night. Dream, this is so this long. This is not good either. Okay, it's not <laughs> like good. Very subpar. Yeah, cut that short, please. Um, nope. so tune in. Um, in a couple weeks, we have our first guest, Emma Smith. Woo! Um, for a movie, a little movie called But I'm a Cheerleader. It's really, really good. What's so, up? Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Is that it? That's all. That's all, folks. Goodbye. It was like a weird dissonant harmony. It's creepy. Yeah. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.